Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest, now on Spotify, so listen on Spotify. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, if you are a B&B fan, then you should absolutely be tuning in now because Thomas is finally going to get his comeuppance. Woohoo! So I think it's fair to say that it's the moment fans have been waiting for. Um, it's going to happen at Thomas's wedding to Zoe, where Hope has shown up in a bridal <laughs> gown as well. Um, you know, we've seen Thomas do some shady things over the past year, but really he has gotten away with a lot. So I think it will be very satisfying for the audience to see what happens next. Thomas was probably number one on my wish list for characters I wanted to see get theirs. And I imagine I'm in pretty good company with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're supposed to be rooting for his downfall, I would argue. And B&B has definitely done a stellar job of making me do that. Uh, I'm expecting to be doing some good old fashioned hooting and hollering at my TV screen when it goes down. But I feel like there's been like a rash of comeuppances on daytime lately, not the least of which was Gabby getting busted on days for what she did to Julie. Which was excellent. Another long-awaited moment that did mm-hmm. not disappoint. And we certainly got letters from readers who were very upset that Gabby like dealed her way out of paying for her crimes. <laughs> but, you know, it's great to see how passionate they still are about totally. it. Totally. Um, You know, there really was a lot of story to tune in for in February that has spilled over into March. Um, While I would love to say there's a lot going on every day on every show, you know, we know that generally it's just not the case, which makes the peak moments even more exciting when they happen. I mean, it's just like life in that respect. You know, some days you got more going on than you do on other ones. And soaps do reflect those ebbs and flows. And I think that's what makes the nature of the ongoing story format so interesting to me. We even see the ebbs and flows that you're talking about reflected in pages in the magazine, you know, like I write up the scorecard uh, where we summarize the big things from the synopsis section, like died and got engaged and brainwashed and paternity <laughs> revealed. And some weeks, uh, you know, the picture's big because there isn't a ton of copy. And other weeks we have to like cut some of the more minor things out to fit it all in one page. Mm-hmm. True. You know, it's funny, though, because it does not matter how long I've worked here and we are going on 30 years this year. I am still so into peak moments and I get really into watching the stories play out. Yeah, me too. And there are so many of these kinds of peak moments that you're talking about that stand out in my mind from having watched soaps for decades that are really just so rewarding when like the months and sometimes years that you spent waiting for X, Y, and Z to happen finally does. 
Bobby finding out that Carly is her daughter on GH is an example that pops out to me. Like that was almost two years in the making and was just so intense and it had so many ripples across the canvas. But this conversation is actually making me think about uh, the daily feature we recently added to our website, Five Things That Happened Today in Soap History. To this day, we do sometimes see like something huge happening on YNR the same week something huge is happening on GH or what have you. But I really couldn't believe it when I was working on the five things for March 6th. And I learned that on that day in 1979, three peak moments went down that are still talked about today. Marlena marrying Don on Days, Roger raping his wife Holly on Guiding Light, and Karen breaking down on the witness stand at Vicky's murder trial on One Life to Live, which won an Emmy for Judith Light, Karen's portrayer. Like how lucky were soap fans on March 6th, 1979? I mean, insanely lucky. And it's so crazy to think about. I mean, there were no DVRs then. It's not like everyone could watch every day. Chances are there were viewers who didn't get to see some of these big moments back then. I mean, I would have loved to see the time that Mickey found out that Michael wasn't his son on days because that was such a years long buildup. And that is a story that we always refer back Mm -hmm. to today. I remember how nuts I got when someone in my family family innocently changed the channel on the cable box and I would come home from school and my VCR would have taped the wrong thing and I would miss my soaps that day. I mean, side note, it was no wonder to anyone who knew me that I wound up working here. Uh, trust me, that hell hath no fury like junior high school era Mara when my soaps didn't tape. So I hear you. It seems quaint now with all of the different ways we have at our disposal to watch, but that was serious business to me back in the day and missing the peak moments when they aired, which was our only shot at watching them, mm-hmm. was just not an option. I mean, trust that I've definitely gone down a YouTube rabbit hole of watching old shows and old scenes that fans have posted when I'm researching a story or, you know, looking for some specific piece of information from the past. You know, it is incredible that we are able to do that now. I mm-hmm. mean, even just watching the old theme songs of the shows is fun. Absolutely. And I'm not going to lie. After we had Robert Newman on the podcast, I treated myself to a little Guiding Light YouTube fest fun. and rewatched some of my favorite Josh and Harley moments. And I may or may not have been able to mouth some of the dialogue from memory um, from having like watched them so many times on VHS to the point that like the VHS was like worn. Um, Now, on a separate note, GH fans got a treat this week when Britt Westbourne returned to Port Charles, once again played by Kelly Tebod. In the new issue of Digest, we've got the inside scoop on Britt's surprise hookup with Julian. Mm -hmm. And I am so excited that Kelly is joining us today to talk about her GH past and present. So let's get her on the phone to talk all about it. Hi, Kelly. Hi. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm doing great, actually. Well, we're so excited to talk to you, and we're so excited that your Brit is back in Port Charles. I know. Me too. Um, Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We're so thrilled to do so. Okay, so we're going to do a little walk down memory lane with you, and uh, (laughs) just first of all, just regarding your, your entree into showbiz, like you were born and raised in Texas. Like, how did you uh, get into the entertainment business? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, it kind of all happens late, like later in my life. I, I I guess you could say I I finally had like a light bulb go off in my head. Um, but I always loved movies and I was super dramatic when I was younger and, um, I loved performing. I, I did more like singing songs in my bedroom and performing for my family through music. Um, and even though I loved watching movies and like, I would be so obsessed with films. I'd like, I'd watch crying scenes over and over and over again. Cause I was just so obsessed with it. <laughs> but, um, I didn't understand the concept of like, Oh, those are actors and you can have that as a career and you can get paid to do that. Like, I just, 
I have no idea why that never registered in my mind, but it didn't at, a, at an early age. Um, and I got started modeling just kind of by accident through my cheerleading coach at my high school. And I started doing that in Dallas and then, um, went to IMTA, which is this big, like model and talent convention in New York. And I found a modeling agency and that was like my first taste of like reading sides and doing an audition. Um, and then I kind of, I graduated high school a year early and I moved out to LA at 17 and I really didn't have a clear picture of what I was going to do. I had this modeling opportunity and I was just going to go and I was ready to get out of my small town. And, um, I came here and was very overwhelmed as a 17 year old country <laughs> girl would be by Los Angeles. And my car was getting towed constantly. Like I just didn't understand how this city worked and it took a long time for me to figure it out. But, um, I, yeah, so the acting bug didn't really like click until probably 10 years after being here. I had done a lot of random jobs, was trying to survive and was trying to find myself and figure out what I wanted to do. And, uh, and within those 10 years, I'd slowly started doing like commercial auditions and I did like, a couple of music videos with David Guetta. And so I started doing work in front of the camera and really seeing what that was like and, I slowly really started to get this like affection for acting and I wanted to be a part of it. And I tried one last time to go overseas and do modeling. I think I was like 26. I was the oldest one in my model's apartment. I was lying uh, to the other models like, yeah, I'm 23. You know? <laughs> I just, like modeling at 25, still trying to break into the business is a little old. Um, but I, I was over there and I was like, what am I doing? I'm so unhappy. This isn't what I want to do at all. I want to perform. I, I want to use these gifts that I have and affect people and, and make them feel something. And so I came back to LA and I started taking classes and got really serious and focused. And um, my first teacher knew that I didn't have any representation. I had no idea how to get representation. And he was like, hey, I think my manager would really love you. And so I went and met with him and he was still a little unsure about me. He's like, mm, I don't know. There's something about you that I'm a little bit like I'm questioning. And I was like, well, I'll prove it to you. Let me, let me put something on tape. I'll audition for you. And I did. And he was like, okay, let's work together. And he's been my manager ever since. And, uh, he's the best. So that's kind of how I got into acting in a short version. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah. the first thing I remember seeing you in is the secret life of the American teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, so how did that role come about? Um, I auditioned for that. Um, yeah. And I, again, once again, I'm like always finding myself the older one, uh, uh on the set, but that was like a bunch of like young 20 year olds and, uh, I'm auditioning to be on the show. It felt a little awkward, but, um, <laughs> cause I think at that point I was like 28. Yeah. I think I was like 28, 29. And I booked it and I didn't know what was going to happen with the character. And they ended up bringing me back for, I think, three or four episodes I did. And I mean, it was fun. You know, I, I really enjoy these like devilish kind of bad girl, like breaking the rules type characters. I don't know. I, I just I, 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 I'm drawn to them, I guess. They're well, fun to play. Yeah. Then they give you license to do things that, you know, exactly. the fictional I would never world, do in my right. normal life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've never known you to steal an embryo. <laughs> <laughs> Have you known anyone to do that? <laughs> uh, no comment. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so you actually made your like daytime debut a year before you started on GH uh, on Days of Our Lives 
I did. Um, and I believe your character was named Alicia. Uh, oh, wow. What do you remember about that experience? I just remember being really nervous um, because I had to like, I think I had to get semi-naked as far as like bra and underwear. And, you know, um, I also was working with a good looking guy, you know, Galen is very good looking and he's charming. And, and then it's like, you know, the directors are talking to you from the speakers above and that was all weird and like dealing with the four or five cameras. So there was a lot that I was adjusting to very quickly. Um, But yeah, I just remember it being fun, but also a little nerve wracking. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then your next soap role was the one we're talking about now, oh. um, General <laughs> Hospital's Brit. So you auditioned for that yeah. in 2012, but actually you did mm-hmm. not audition for Brit. Um, mm-hmm. do you remember who you tried out for? It was, well, you know, the auditions, the scenes that they give you are usually the character names and everything is usually not what it's going to be on the show. So all I know is the character kind of description was, <clears throat> Cause I think this is, um, Jason was still on the show. It wasn't the new Jason. It wasn't, um, sorry, I'm forgetting names. Who was the original Bill, Jason? The original Jason was Steve Burton, who is <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, back Steve, as yes. Jason, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. But I think when I auditioned, he was still on the show. He hadn't left for mm-hmm. Young and the Restless. Um, so it was to play like his, like his child's nanny or something like that, I think. Yeah, I have no idea. I, th- I'm, I'm, I think that's what I remember. So. All right. Well, the Danny's nanny never made it to screen, but fortunately, <laughs> Brit did. Yeah. <laughs> so your first love interest on the show was, of course, Patrick Drake, played by Jason yes. Thompson. Yes. Tell us what stands out to you about the time that you spent working with Jason. I love that guy so much. Um, he's such a pro. You know, I have to say, like, out of everyone I've worked with on GH, I think him and Sonny and Finola, they just make you really step up. You know, every time I was doing anything with Jason, I knew that I had to bring my A game. I knew that I had to know my lines in and out. And I had to know why I was saying what I was saying. It just, it, it, it's really important to connect with him because he gives you so much. And he kind of took me under his wing. I was, you know, obviously new to the whole soap world and, I remember when they, because I started on General Hospital just as a recurring character, and I think like two months in, um, it, we were breaking for lunch, and Freight came up to me, and I thought I was doing a terrible job. I, I just felt like they weren't happy. I don't know what it was that made me feel that way, but so Frank comes over to me, he's like, "Did you talk to your agent?" And I was like, "Oh no, here we go, I'm getting fired." <laughs> um, and I said, no, he's like, well, you, you should call him. We want to offer you a contract. And I think my jaw literally fell to the ground. I was like, what? I thought you were going to fire me. I had no idea. Um, so I go out on the lunch break and I'm talking to my agent. I'm talking to my manager. I'm like, so shocked. I can't believe this is happening. And then I talked to Jason and, you know, I had no idea what I was going to do. And he was just trying to give me some, some pointers and, He's just an awesome guy all around. I I definitely, when I go to GH, I miss him being there, but I'm really happy for him. Mm -hmm. Well, once you did get that contract, did it change Mm -hmm. how you approached the material or did it make you feel a little more secure at the set? Um, I guess maybe like hindsight, maybe I approached it a little bit differently because, um, 
I, and not in a way that like made me not do the work. I think it made me want to do more work because I had an actual role on the show and I could lose my job. You know, there was a lot more writing on it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it made me feel more secure. I, I think this is such a finicky business, even though, you know, as you've seen in the past with characters on GH who are contract characters and then they get let go, you know, there is nothing that is, you have, you have no sort of solid ground to stand on. It, it, it could always change. And I just think that if you do the work and that if you, if you don't take it for granted, um, you know, you can at least, at least you can hope that you'll have a job. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Britt being Britt, uh, she very quickly <laughs> ruffled a lot of feathers among the staff members at General Hospital. Um, mm-hmm. It was Felix who nicknamed her the Britch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know how much Mark Anthony Samuel, who plays Felix, and Becky Herbst, who plays another nurse mm-hmm. who's not super fond of Britt, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. uh, have enjoyed working with you. Uh, would you welcome like a renewal of the Liz-Britt rivalry and working more with Becky? Totally. Yeah, I, I definitely would. Um, I will say this though, especially as I've gotten older, it is hard sometimes to play those like catty scenes. You know, they get a little, they get a little immature, they get a little catty and dramatic. And sometimes it is hard to commit to that. Um, but that being said, I loved the relationship between her and I, and I thought it was really entertaining and uh, those are some some of my favorite scenes to go back and, and, and watch. And especially like when I had a broken wrist. I remember I broke my wrist and I showed up to work after like a three week break and I'm in a cast and I'm shooting that day a fight scene with, with Becky. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? I have one good arm and <laughs> it was kind of comical, but it actually kind of worked for my character. So, you know, but yeah, she's great. We, we had a lot of fun with that stuff. Um, now, Britt's friendship with Brad started out in a very, I don't know, like self-serving way, but became very genuine mm-hmm. and was a big hit mm-hmm. with the fans. Um, why mm-hmm. do you think the audience caught into the Britt-Brad relationship as they did? Gosh, you know, I don't really know. I think um, I, I, maybe maybe it's just who we are innately, like our, just him and I as human beings. I think he has such an easygoing um, he's very easy to connect with and work with. And he was kind of down to do anything. And I think that connection that we had as actors, like showed, um, and we bonded very quickly. And then those characters are both extremely flawed and similar. So I think it was nice that we each had each other and maybe the fans enjoyed that. You know, it's like, we weren't just like alone in this world, like screwing everything up. Um, it was kind of fun when we got together and tried to help each other cover, cover our tracks and, you know, and then I like, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Honestly, I'd love to find out why the fans were so connected to that. All right. Tweet at Kelly Tebod. Let her know. Yeah. Let me know. Um, so I love that you were actually a GH fan for a time, like before you joined the show and that Nicholas and Emily were one of your favorite couples. So Mm -hmm. when you as Brit were paired with Nicholas played by Tyler Christopher, who was Nicholas during the Nicholas and Emily days, was that surreal? Like, what was that like? Yeah, it was exciting. Um, I'll, I will never forget when I was on stage, I had just finished a scene and Frank told me that he was going to pair me with Nicholas and I got like giddy. I was like, Oh my God, really? Like, this <laughs> is so cool. 
Um, okay. And I got nervous. I think the first time we worked together, I got really nervous um, just because I had watched him for so many years. And I, I guess maybe I put him on a bit of a pedestal or something. Um, but yeah, it was, it was so fun. So fun. Um, now, Nicholas and Britt's romance, you know, blew up in a big way, <laughs> but she remained close with his son, Spencer, played by Nicholas mm. Bechtel. What are your memories of working with him? Um, he's just such a cool kid. I can't believe how big he is now. It like freaks me out when I see him. I'm like, dude, you have grown so much. This is crazy. Uh, yeah, it was just, we, you know, once again, just, we really connected. Um, he was so little when he started and I love kids and I I honestly like feel more drawn to kids than I do adults, which is probably weird to say, but I just have like a very young, immature personality myself. And I feel like I can just really be my true self when I'm around kids. So we just connected and we had fun and he was such a like funny kid. Um, and so smart. And yeah, I thought it really brought like a different element to Brit. And I'm really glad that they continued with that storyline. I'm just having flashbacks to how mean Brit was to I know. little Emma. <laughs> like, and if Listen, Br- don't get in the way when she's trying to go after a man. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> It's good advice. Um, (laughs) Well, sort of to that point, um, in 2013, Ron Carlovati, who is Days' head writer now, but was head writer Mm. at GH at the time and created uh, the role of Brit, he uh, said to Digest that a lot of people are really loving to hate her, referring to Brooke, uh, to Brit rather. I think that's a testament to Kelly because she never shied away from playing her as a really mean bitch. She was unafraid (laughs) to be the villain. Does that ring true Uh for you? Because I do remember, I felt like you, Mm. you never, you know, you never caught you trying to be like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know why that is. You know, that's so funny that he, I, I, I definitely didn't shy away from it. Um, like I said, I'm really drawn to flawed characters and somehow in my head, I was able to make sense of it. And, uh, you know, I, I, everything she did, I I think there was reason behind it for me. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I wanted to commit to it. I wanted, I wanted to be a bitch. Um, but I also wanted, I guess, people to maybe have a little understanding and empathy for why she was the way she was. And the writers did such a great job of doing that with the family, you know, history and all that stuff. Um, I thought that was really great, but yeah, I don't know. That's such a nice compliment for Ron to say. And I really appreciate that. But yeah, I would never shy away from being, um, a disliked, flawed, ugly individual. I don't know. That's just my personality. It's very strange. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I should go see a therapist or something. (laughs) Um, Well, Britt is definitely in the running for having the worst parents in soaps. Um, Liesl Obrecht and Cesar Faison. Um, You've worked more with Kathleen Gotti than with Anders Hove, but can you tell us what each of them is like to work with? Kathleen is just such a light and she's so dedicated and, you know, she's always on stage rehearsing, 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 and, um, she's overly prepared. Um, and she's down to do anything. She's down to play with you. She's just, she's just such an open, beautiful soul. I love her so much. And I'm so happy that she's continued on the show for as long as she has. Um, my father, I only got, you know, that brief, I think it was what a couple of episodes I got with him maybe four or five I want to say he's intense I'm not gonna lie like wow I think there were you know he 
while we were shooting, I remember some scenes. Um, he did some things while we were shooting that I didn't expect that were aggressive and made me feel hurt just because of not like hurt personally as Kelly, but, um, I would, he, he, he allowed me to really believe the circumstances. And I think it showed in some of our scenes together because he is such an intense committed actor, um, and individual. He is very intense, but he has a, he has a joking side to him as well, but also he's not afraid to play those dark, you know, unlikable characters. Yeah. Think about, I mean, there could have been a, either a really dark sitcom or something. If we'd followed (laughs) Brit and uh, Faison on the run together. That would have been great. Someone should have done that. (laughs) So uh, you exited the show. It was like December of 2014 uh, when your contract was up. Talk us through why you decided to leave at that time. You know, um, I was it was such a great experience to be on GH and I don't take it back for a second. And I learned so much being on the show and I made some great friends and uh, the fans have been spectacular. And I really got a taste of what it's like to be a working actor up until that point. Um, you know, I was booking like small gigs here and there, but never able to pay my bills as an actor. And I got on GH and that was the first time I had ever tasted that, you know? And, Um, but I knew this was going to be a short lived experience for me. Um, I think if I would have started on GH when I was in my early twenties, I would have stayed longer, but I personally, personally felt like I had to get out when I did, if I wanted to pursue other things in this business, unfortunately, especially being a woman, there is a little bit of a time clock on, you know, trying to make things happen. Um, and soaps, unfortunately also aren't looked at the same way as they used to be in the business. You know, you can do 168 episodes of a soap, but casting on a primetime show or a cable show doesn't really give a, it doesn't really give a damn about that. Like it's crazy to me that the industry views soap opera actors in that way because they're such hardworking actors. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was just like, you know what, if I want to do anything else, if I want to try to, to break into primetime television, to do movies, which is my ultimate dream. I have to kind of step away from this and pursue other things and see what can happen. Um, my whole family thought I was crazy. They're like, what are you doing? You're leaving like the best job you've ever had. (laughs) You know, they've seen me struggle. And so I think for them, it was really difficult to understand why I was doing it. And I just knew that I had to. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, they become golden Sometimes, handcuffs. You know? yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And it wasn't an easy decision, but I just I had to I had to take a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't ask, you don't want to ask yourself, you know, what would have happened if only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, when you do look back on that first run, um, do you have a favorite memory or scene or storyline that's particularly close to your heart? Um. Yeah, I think everything with the like the embryo and Ben, like. The birthing scene of Ben is one of my all-time favorite scenes. It's me, Nicholas, and Sabrina. And it was just, it wasn't, I guess it was slightly written in a humorous way, but the way that I interpreted it and acted it and the whole, all three of us working together and the music that they played. And I, I don't know, there's just something about that whole scene that I just absolutely love. Um, and then the the scene, you know, when Nicholas and I are having our engagement party and the truth comes out about Ben, like everyone was on their fucking game. Like 
Tyler was on his game. I mean, it, it just, it was, it was such a heartbreaking scene. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I just have fond memories of those. I remember it got editor's choice, uh, deservedly, but that was, those were some great scenes for yeah, sure. They were, sure. they were awesome. Um, so at the time that you left, as we said, Britt <laughs> went on the run with her dad, you know, questionable mm. choice. Um, <laughs> did you think at the time like that you may return or did you feel like this was really you saying goodbye to the show? You know, I don't think you can ever really say goodbye to anything. Um, I knew that I had a great relationship with Frank and I think when I found out that he wasn't going to recast my character, I kind of felt like, okay, maybe I have this down the road to fall back on if I need to. Um, you know, it's a great life. It's a, I, I, I'd be a working actor. I'd be able to take care of myself. And if I have a family and pay my bills and still act and, I think that's always a little bit in the back of my mind. It's like, am I, you know, am I making my life harder than it needs to be? <laughs> like, am I, you know, should I just like commit to soaps and do it? Because it's, you know, it keeps coming back in my life. It's this really weird thing. Um, but at the time when I left, I thought that I had, you know, I thought that I had some momentum that I could use moving forward that would propel me to like be able to land some gigs that I've dreamed of booking, um, it hasn't quite gone the way that I was expecting it to or anticipated it to go, but you know, it's, it's a grind and I'm trying to stay committed to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, GH has certainly brought you back over the years. Yeah. Um, so how does it make you feel that they value you and Brit in the way that they do to keep writing you back in? Yeah. It makes them feel great. Um, I think that, it's just a testament to the character and the writing of the character. And, um, there's so many other people than just myself that are involved in the success of that character. And, uh, I love it every time I, I hear from them and even just fans on a daily basis who tweet me or message me on Instagram. We miss Brit. When's she going to come back? Like that just makes me smile. It makes me sad a little bit, but it also makes me really, you know, feel proud that I did good work on the show and, you know, some of the scenes may not have been my best work ever, but that's just how soap operas work. <laughs> um, but, you know, I did I did some good work on that show and people really uh, like took me in. And that that makes me feel that makes me feel confident, like moving forward. And hopefully if I get lucky enough to land something else on another show, you know, I can have that same success on that. Um but yeah, I love it. I love going back. I love playing the character. She's one of my all time favorite characters ever. I think strangely, it's very similar to who I am, which is weird. <laughs> um, and that's why it's so easy for me to kind of step back into that role, even though I've been gone from it for a couple of years or whatever, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, it's very flattering. So when you do come back, um, do you still get nervous? Like, how would you describe oh, your yeah. first day oh when God. you come back? It's awful. It's so awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have nightmares that I'm not going to remember my lines. I'm going to flub. I'm going to shake. I mean, it's, it's terrifying. And it, it doesn't matter how many times I prepare and, you know, know my lines in and out. It's just something that you have to readjust to. And like I said in my, in my interview, um, you know, soaps are extremely, they are their own kind of, um, craft in the acting world. It's very different from what you do on another kind of uh, show or movie or anything. So 
it takes some getting used to. It takes, you gotta, you gotta get out the nerves and you gotta get used. It's, it's very theatrical. You do feel like a little bit, you are doing like theater, you know, there's, you're playing everything out. There's five cameras. It's, it's, it does have this feeling for me of theater. Um, but yeah, I was definitely nervous. I was, it, it took me a good, like couple episodes to get my groove back. So who did you run into like on day one and get to have reunions with? I ran into Mark, um, on day one. I ran into Mark Samuel or Mark Tushner. Yes. Sorry. Mark Samuel. Um, Mark Samuel on day one. <sighs> Who else? I got the, you know, another, another thing that was like pissing me off is they kept giving me like 6 45 AM call time. Oh. <laughs> Welcome back. I, like you're giving me love scenes and first up call times. What the F is going on? This is awful. Like really throwing me like into the fire. Um, I can't remember, honestly, who else did I run into? But, oh, uh, Chad, I saw Chad in the makeup room and we had a little catch up. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, it did feel very fitting that Brit's first scenes were with Brad. So what was your reunion mm-hmm. with Perry? Like it was great. Um, I'm just so happy for him. He's done such a great job on the show and you never know what's going to happen with like, you know, uh, our, our storyline was very attached. And when I left, I didn't want to affect anyone else's job, you know, and, um, I'm so glad that they continue to use him and they brought him back. And I think he's done a really fantastic job with that role. Um, but he's so fun. Yeah. It was great to get to play again. Yeah. The circumstances, maybe not so fun, but always fun to see you two yeah, together. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So we saw at the end of yesterday's episode, the Brit is about to give Julianne a piece of her mind for doing her friend Brad dirty. So I don't know that you'd ever worked with Will DeVry before, but tell us about working with him. Yeah. Will is such a sweetheart. Um, we have never worked together. And there was a moment where I thought it was kind of weird that our characters are already like, you know, getting, getting busy with it. We've never even interacted before. Like, <laughs> All right, this is happening. Um, it was a lot of fun. He's a very talented guy. He's a very sweet guy. Um, we've always been friends just because when I was, you know, a contract character on the show. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I think that him and Britt have some chemistry. Um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, where that went. Um, yeah, he, he definitely took care of me and made sure that everything was comfortable and I was great. And he's just a supportive guy. You know, he's been in the business for a very long time. And um, yeah, he's just a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a new Nicholas in town, played by Marcus Coloma. Um, do you think Britt still holds a torch for Nick? And have you interacted with him? Oof, I did interact with him. Um, that was interesting. Wow. I won't say much, but it gets intense. Um, I would love to, I think she does. I, I think, I think Britt really loved Nicholas and there's a lot of hurt there. Um, so I don't know if they could ever get back together, but I definitely think if they could move past the things that they both did to hurt each other, they, the love is still there. Yeah. Is there anyone in town, like any eligible bachelors that you think would be a good match for Brett or just someone that you would like to work with more? So if they were paired together so much, the better. You know, I don't really know who's all there. So that's hard for me to say, but I'm always a fan of Jason. Um, You know, 
I don't know if he's an eligible bachelor. Is he? Is, his car- is he? is he hooked up with someone on the show? I don't know. Well, he's with Sam, but they can't quite be together. You know, oh, gotcha. it's one of those yeah, I things. Forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I'd, I'd have to like, I'd have to spend some more time there and do some browsing around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, we imagine it's a lovely day in Los Angeles. We hear some birds in the <laughs> <Yeah>. background there. <laughs> I did cheese. <laughs> That's funny. It is. I'm it's picturing like, it's you like it's summertime here. I picture like, like in a hammock or like on your back porch, <laughs> like in a chair. Wait, I'm picturing you like who's the Disney heroine that has the oh, birds? Snow White. Yes, I'm picturing you as Snow White right now, like hardcore. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> I do have like three dogs around me, so I guess kind of it's a Snow White situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, Obrecht is behind bars. Can you give us a preview of whether Brit is going to feel sympathy for her mother over her incarceration? I know we'll be seeing their first scenes together in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, let's just say that things probably don't go the way the fans are going to expect them to. Britt is, Britt is trying to change her life and her mother still has some growing to do. So I, I don't know if she's going to be so receptive to, um, the trouble that she's gotten herself into that her mother's gotten herself into. Um, I don't know if Britt's going to, going to continue to support her. Mm Hmm. Um, yeah. Now, GH is not the only show on ABC that you are working on. Um, you're yeah. on Station 19. Um, tell us about I that am. gig and how that's been. Oh my gosh, that was uh, that was so awesome. You know, another thing, another like just actor moment. I I did this audition and it was just a small role that I was going in on, um, and I left the room going, oh, f- Kelly, you can f- just you ruined it. Like you bombed that audition and I got so down on myself. And, um, then like a couple of days later, my manager emails me, you've been pinned for station 19. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? There's no way. Uh, so that was kind of, that was a shocker and a good one. Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, I haven't worked on a primetime show in a very long time. And you know, it was a little bit, it, it was a little bit, um, intimidating for me to walk onto a set that's three seasons in everyone, you know, has built these relationships, knows each other and I'm the new girl. And, and you know, I was kind of used to, because the shows that I booked after general hospital, I was the lead. Like, you know, I did a bunch of lifetime and Hallmark stuff and I was kind of the lead of those shows or movies or whatever. So it was a different experience, me walking on a set, just being like a day player kind of situation. And, um, everyone was so cool and welcoming and easygoing and the directors were awesome and the cast was awesome. And I was working with Gray Damon, who is such a cool dude, um, who plays Jack on the show. And he just, once again, I think I've been really lucky to work with actors who just take care of each other, you know, and he, he probably knows what it's like to be a newbie and, um, he just looked after me and, and he welcomed me. And, um, I think we had a really great relationship and they kept writing stuff for us. And, um, that was really fun. And every time I got a new pin and a new hold and a new booking for another episode, I was so excited. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, it, it, I hope it continues with, with more stuff on primetime. I don't know if they're going to bring my character back. They were supposed to bring me back for one more episode. And then I guess the writers just decided to, to throw it in the trash. I'm not quite sure what happened, but, um, maybe next season they'll bring me back or maybe that's, that's it for Eva. I don't know, but it was a lot of fun. 
That's, That's cool. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Well, Kelly, the fans and ourselves included are always mm-hmm. psyched for a dose of Brit. Um, but <laughs> what would you like to say to the GH fans listening who cheered the news of your comeback? Yeah, thank you so much. I have uh, been on Twitter the past couple of days reading everyone's response. And it's kind of nice to not stumble upon um, one bad person going, oh my gosh, this person's coming back. She sucks. Like I haven't experienced that yet. <laughs> oh, so you didn't get my you. tweet? <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone seems to be excited. Um, and it was, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been really great. I just so, uh, thankful of everyone's support over the years and, um, you know, continuing to follow me. And I feel like that I don't have any, anything sometimes to talk about and, um, you know, with the fans, cause I'm not booking as much as I'd want to be, or I don't have a lot going on, but there's, they're still always there and they're still always rooting for me and asking me when they can see me again on TV. And I just appreciate the support. Um, so thank you. I mean, when you first stepped on that set in 2012, could you ever have imagined that in 2020 we would be talking? No, still about no Brit? way. Yeah, no way at all. I had no idea what was going to be in store for, for me on that show. And hopefully there's going to be more. She's a really fun character. And I do think she adds spice to the show that, the fans really enjoy. Um, and I hope that the writers and Frank and everyone at General Hospital continues to see the value in bringing her back. Ditto. I mean, the nurse's ball is coming in May, we hope. Oh, so, God. you know, come on. <laughs> Who would Brad hate watch it with if you're not there? Exactly, right? And oh, and God. also, Britt has her medical license back, which is big is news. True. So Yeah, this is you huge know, news. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity here. There's exactly. a baby waiting to be switched out there. <laughs> Britt's got to be involved. <laughs> well, Kelly, so thank you so much for your time. It was so, so much fun to talk to you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And say hi to all those doggies for us. <laughs> I will. I will. You guys stay warm. Yeah, we'll try. <laughs> you too. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank Bye, you. Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Kelly Teapot for being our guest. If you like this podcast, we're on Spotify. So listen on Spotify. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.